Hello and welcome back to our series on identity, creating a God-centered identity in a me-centered world. In this week, we'll only have two segments, uh, and the two segments will be called the resurrection of the body and then the life everlasting. So first, the resurrection of the body. Do you ever think about matters of eternity? Do you wonder what will come after this life? It seems that many in our culture are very curious to speculate about what the end of the world might look like. Uh, how many authors and filmmakers have spilled all kinds of ink considering the potential of a zombie apocalypse or the cataclysmic series of wars or natural disasters leading to the end? Well, death is a reality that faces us all. And so it seems natural for us to, or even good for us to wonder what happens after and what might happen at the end of this world. Zombies don't seem too likely. The Christian faith has plenty to say about these things, of course, and you may even recognize the title of these sections uh, that come from the Apostles' Creed, written in the third century, which ends by saying, I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So Christians have been thinking about this for a long time. But what reason do we today have to believe in the resurrection of our bodies? What does resurrection mean for us? Let's get into it. For Christians, the resurrection from the dead is actually a core truth. In fact, it's the very foundation of our hope in Christ, who we believe to be raised on the third day from his crucifixion. Uh, he was bodily raised, and that fact is so important that the Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ is not raised, then our faith is in vain, it's futile, and we're still in our sins. But the reality is that Christ is raised, and we have eyewitness testimony. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the book of Acts. Some may bring the objection, however, that the story that they tell is just legend. Uh, maybe it evolved over time after the events of Jesus' life. Others might be quick to say that the disciples were just making a story. They, they wanted this story to be true, and so this is the way that they told it. Well, two quick remarks to those comments. First, read the Gospel accounts. Read them, and, and then maybe compare them to a Roman myth like Romulus and Remus. Do the Gospel accounts strike you as legend? Plus, the manuscripts that have been discovered uh, to date, they, they go back as early as the, the early 30s, that is 30 years after uh, the events of Christ, or sorry, the early 60s, or 30 years after the events of Christ, um, which is not enough time for legend to develop simply because the people who witnessed these events were still alive when these things were being written. Second, if the disciples did actually make up a story, uh, they told a story about Jesus' resurrection, what happened to his body? Why couldn't the antagonistic Jews and Romans of the time, who were trying to kind of squelch this Christian movement, produce the body of Jesus and say, here he is, he's not alive as they're claiming. Um, did the disciples hide the body? That could be the case, but if so, why would they be willing to face what would be a certain death, claiming that he was alive if in fact they knew that he was not? 
In the end, the Bible's testimony does seem to carry the day. And the New Testament tells us again and again that if Jesus was raised, so we also, who have faith in him, will be raised. If we're united to him in faith, we will be united to him in a resurrection like his. 2 Corinthians 4, 1 Thessalonians 4, Romans 6 and 8. Even the Old Testament foretells this reality. For instance, Job 19, uh, 25 to 26 says this, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and at the last he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall see God. But what is the significance of all of this for us today? Well, there are many implications, but one that I want to focus on in this video with you is the fact that when we are raised on the last day, we will be raised men and women, body and soul. And though it's true that when we die in Christ, our bodies will be buried, but our souls will be with God in heaven, but living forever with the Lord as bodiless spirits isn't actually the end of the story. Remember that when God first created mankind, male and female, he said it was very good. And surely it is not good for our souls to be torn from our bodies by such a horrible thing as death. Death is the result, we read in the Bible, of sin. Just as a skewed identity is the result of rejecting how God created us and for what purpose he made us. But through faith in Christ, we have the assurance that we will be raised to life in our self-same bodies, just as Christ was. But it will be a spiritual, an incorruptible, a strong and glorious, an immortal body. So our identity is found as people who await this glorious hope from Christ. So this hope is at least one reason that we ought to care for our bodies here and now. It's God's design that we should actually live forever with him in our bodies. However, not all people have this hope. Yet it's true that everyone will experience a resurrection. Jesus says in John 5:29, "All who are in the tombs will hear God's voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment." This is essentially Jesus giving a restatement of what uh, was written in Daniel 12, verse 2, and it's not going to be zombies. All mankind, however, will stand before God's judgment seat one day. We will stand, body and soul, male or female, as God created us, either for eternal life or death. But to build on what has been said in earlier videos, an implication of this is that if we embrace a lifestyle as a gender other than the one that God has given you, that lifestyle can only lead to judgment because it denies at the core an aspect of who you are, who you were created by God to be, and really who he plans for you to be into all eternity. At the end of the day, though, when all is accounted for, no one, not a single person in this world can claim innocence when they stand before the judgment seat of God. Yet, there is hope. Hope for healing. Hope for forgiveness. 
not only in this world, but also in the world to come because we can look to Jesus, friends. We have to look to Jesus. If even death itself could not hold the Lord Jesus down, then there's no amount of suffering or evil or earthly power that could ever separate you from the hope of eternal life in Him. You've been reconciled to God, Christian, body and soul, in perfect harmony forever. This is your hope, and Jesus will surely bring us there.